Welcome to the Industry 4.0 Podcast with Grant Tech. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Industry 4.0 Podcast with Grant Tech, where we take a look at the world of manufacturing with a focus on the stories and trends that lead to better solutions. Our guests share tips and outcomes that are going to help improve productivity. I'm your host, Sam Russum, and today I'm joined by my coworker and teammate, Dave McKenna. Dave, care to introduce yourself to our audience? Perfect. Thanks, Sam. So, hi, my name is Dave McKenna. I'm Director of Smart Manufacturing Solutions at Grant Tech. I've been with Grant Tech since uh, 2003, working in systems integration and industrial automation. Uh, started as a PLC programmer, getting conveyors to go, and uh, working with uh, systems on a new pharmaceutical plant that was being built. Great opportunity. And, uh, and now I have the, the privilege of being product manager for our label verification solution and printer control solution as well. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks a lot for being able to, to join me on the podcast today. Uh, we're going to talk more about Industry 4.0, your insights, your expertise, and just kind of tell your story um, around what you've seen really happening in the industry around this, right? So we'll get started. Uh, we always like to kind of start with this very broad and intimidating question. What does Industry 4.0 mean to you? Give me the definitive definition. Yeah, that's, it's a broad <laughs> one, Industry 4.0, for sure. And I think there's... The first part, actually, which is really exciting right now, is is just the interest in Industry 4.0 and the amount of investment that we're seeing at companies and the amount of attention and care into manufacturing. So regardless of the specific technology that happens to be on Industry 4.0 today or what someone happens to bring up, to me, it's about investing, refreshing, improving facilities and, and really modernizing automation. Um, to improve product quality, improve output and, and throughput. And, and the one that I, to me, that stands out the strongest across all of the different Industry 4.0 things is data and working with data, collecting data, analyzing data, um, using that as a, as a business tool. But I think you're really right to tie that data aspect into this so much, right? Because it is like back in the day, you have so much manual recording and things like that that you're doing. Any piece of data you got is because you manually wrote it down. Now with more computerized, connected systems, uh, that data is almost automatic. And it's a, a key piece to any continuous improvement journey, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and especially if you're talking about this computerization, connectivity, things like that, right? These are things that kind of we, we feel every day in the, the consumer market and have really changed our lives over the past couple of decades, right? And I think that really shows a lot about where the industry is going. So when you look at the consumer technology market, right, and kind of the things that we're all more used to interacting with in our daily lives, what, which of those kind of technologies or principles do you see influencing manufacturing and industry for over the next, uh, for the next few years? The, the biggest one that I see and the one I'm most excited about is it's not exactly a, a consumer technology. It's maybe more of an office, literally office technology well, is Power BI, Power, Power yeah, BI. Yeah. office, <laughs> using it in an office and also office from Microsoft office. Uh, it's Power BI. And, and to me, it's a I hear I hear no code, low code, whatever. And, and to me, it, it is a genuine no code, low code tool. You can pull data from all sorts of sources and without having to to do programming, it kind of guides you through that. You can click on things in like a wizard type setup. Uh, You can get great insights from it. It's fast. It can handle large volumes of data. You can mix from different sources and, and it lets you tell, this is the part that I found exciting with it is it you can pull from all those sources, you can put everything together and you're not programming. And then you can tell a story 
in real time. You can be in a presentation, in a meeting, you can open and click and drill down through that data and answer, answer any answer if you've got the data there, but answer any questions someone asked about that data on the fly right away. And to me, Power BI is going to be ubiquitous. It's going to be like Excel. Everyone in business, I think, will know it. Everyone in manufacturing will know it. You know, like Excel, some are really good at it. Some are very basic at it. But I think it's going to be as big as that. And it's going to be everywhere as an analytics tool. And so to me, it's it's a little more in the office environment at this time. But I see it as going all over manufacturing soon. Yeah, I, I think it's a great example. And you're right. Uh, I'm not sure that my mother is using Power BI every day in her home life or anything like that. But this idea that like the data is accessible, that you don't need some degree in programming or things like that to really be able to dive into information and slice and dice it your way. It's uh, maybe takes a little bit of training or things like that. But this, you know, that data being available and accessible and understandable in, in a way to so many yep. more people, I do think is a uh, Definitely a trend that's has affected what everyone does every day. And the volume of data you can work with and the complexity of it and then get it to tell you something useful. And then, and then you know what? The next day you want to see that data in a different way because you have a different theory on what's going on. Well, you can rapidly make those changes with it. So I think it's going to be and we even we've seen this with with some new newer hires that sort of more were more recently out of uh, out of school are are getting some exposure to it. So I think. I think it's coming and and it's something I think that will add a lot of value to manufacturers. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, so, so let's pivot a little bit. Uh, next question was around, what do you see as kind of the biggest challenge for manufacturers that they're trying to solve with, with modern technologies today? I think the biggest is security, to be honest. It's always been a challenge. And I mean, we've really seen the importance of it after so many ransomware attacks and there's there's no end to those ransomware attacks and it's tough because you can't it's hard to justify that cost because it's it's like buying insurance so do i really need to do this you know it's not going to make my line run any faster it's not going to increase my uptime but but i need to do this or or we could get shut down for who knows how long and and so it's hard it's a hard one as a business and people don't take it seriously it can be hard to address with some of the older equipment that's out there and and networks and so on. And, uh, and the other piece, I think we've just seen the tip of the iceberg on how important security is. I mean, the world is, we've seen, we've seen cyber attacks from criminals. We've seen some state sponsored ones, but I think, you know, the world, this is, this is, uh, I don't know if you're supposed to say the date in these things, but you know, it's March 17th right now. And the world is considerably less stable now than it was, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, and if that continues trending, maybe there's more state-sponsored attacks on manufacturers, and and those are going to be a lot worse than sort of the cyber criminal type things we've seen today. So I think it's it's a big challenge. I hope um, for the sake of the grocery aisles staying full that it's being taken seriously, and it's not an easy thing to fix. But I think I think that's a big one. Yeah, I, I do. I agree with that, and uh, yeah, I think it's important that. We, we have been thinking about world's, you know, uh, unrest and kind of how things have been difficult in the last few years. And, yeah, we are recording this in March of 2022 where, you know, there's a war going on in Ukraine and Russia and there's a lot of fear around cyber uh, attacks in that. And, yeah, it's, it's absolutely, I think, on top of mind. And I think that both it's important in terms of how how important it is to our manufacturing and our supply chains and things like that to keep production up and running, but also around 
potential fears around cybersecurity, maybe preventing people from taking advantage of some of the technology that they really should. And sometimes that kind of being a, a false roadblock around this, right? Like we're talking about things like Power BI, like you were just kind of talking about, right? That does involve usually getting manufacturing data out of your plant into another server somewhere, which is something that's still scary for a lot of manufacturers out there. But there are plenty of, of very secure ways that you can be managing that data and managing your risk. And uh, it it's probably worth taking a look at uh, not just uh, the security of your plant as it is today in general, just to make sure it's secure, but also to make sure that it is secure in a way that still facilitates and enables the, the use of these more modern technologies, right? Yes. I mean, there's that's there's one attitude of, well, we'll just shut everything off or lock everything out. And then what are you missing out on if you do that? And then are you are you is that still protecting you? Because maybe your contractors are like there's that's not a magic bullet necessarily or how much downtime you have because you can't get vendors in remotely to support. So there's it's a complicated uh, it's a complicated subject for sure. Yeah, you got to wonder how many manufacturers really resisted moving into things like PLCs because computers could crash or cause risks or things like that yeah. in the past, right? And where are they today? So, yep. yeah. Um, cool. So so maybe to a, a slightly more positive topic, uh, what does kind of excite you around uh, Industry 4.0? So so we've crossed that cybersecurity barrier. No longer a problem. We, we are in a secure environment. Now what do I get to do that I didn't get to do before? Yeah, and, and I'm... I'm going to go a little back to the future, honestly, on this, just, <laughs> just what I'm seeing that's exciting about the future. And to me, it's SCADA. And I know SCADA has been around forever. But what, what the difference, again, with interest in Industry 4.0 and IIoT, SCADA has always been valuable. You know, you can see what your system, what your process system is doing. You can control it. You can pull data from it. You can manage the operation of it. Well, what I'm seeing that fits Industry 4.0 is we're bringing SCADA ultimately to devices that didn't have any control or remote control and, and data before. And so one of those examples is something that I'm directly working on, which is label printers. There's, there's lots of plants with code date printers, laser markers, inkjet, case labelers, all this equipment. It's a key part of the packaging line. It's a key part of the operation. It's got quality data on it and it drives recalls. There's recalls if it's not set up properly. And operators have to go to each one of these and manually control those pieces of equipment. They have to, they know that it's run out of consumables or out of labels or out of ink because some stack light out of a hundred stack lights started flashing at them. Well, what we're seeing and what we're doing for customers under industry 4.0 is we're connecting all that equipment up. So that lets us, you know, if, if a labeler jams, it's not just one more stack light, you know, it's on a central HMI or central SCADA screen that's showing the state of the whole line. If there's a mislabel or something like that, we can stop a line if we want to, depending on what the customer wants. So that's one I'm excited about, Internet of Things. And it's an Internet of Things that's really useful part of product quality, part of the core part of your production line, and it adds value and makes that operator's life easier. That's the end of day victory is, you know, your changeover is go to one screen, change the SKU, and all these systems change their update. They get the latest best before date calculation as approved by quality, and it's all done. So that's that's the one I'm really excited about, and uh, and we're we're working with quite a few customers on right now. Yeah, and then um, to maybe expand on that a little bit, I mean, one of the other things that I've kind of seen happen in the last few years, right, is taking that idea of of SCADA 
kind of taking the C out of it, taking that control aspect out, and then is and keeping it maybe more to visualization, but also really kind of addressing at different levels of the organization, right? We're talking about pure SCADA. We're usually talking about controlling a line or a specific business area, but then we're still using those SCADA tools maybe to have a, a plant dashboard or some kind of summary of other lines or areas in our business, and then maybe even other tools at the enterprise level to observe multiple plants and things like that too, right? So it's interesting to kind of see how that SCADA software can flex too to, to address a couple of different control tower, right data at the right time types of applications, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. So so thinking about this, thinking about what you're seeing in Industry 4.0 and um, the advancements in SCADA, things like that. Um, I know that you're running that label verification product for, for our team. What's on your product roadmap for, for the next few years and how do you see uh, Industry 4.0 affecting what you're doing with label verification? Yeah, and one of the one of the biggest ones on, on the roadmap in the you know, not instant, but in the sort of short term down the road is, is analytics. And I think adding analytics to lines, adding, helping customers identify peak performance and can get more information out of their equipment and, and really on brownfield sites. You know, if you built that brand new greenfield plant, well, yeah, you've got all this wonderful stuff, but that's not where most of the production is coming from. And, and so what we're aiming to do is work with customers find the data that's hidden in that equipment and that's on these again we talked about printers and so on integrating them up well let's let's collect from those pieces of equipment let's help them run that equipment better and in a collaborative kind of way and that the business model there's different approaches on this it's either you know they've got the team and and the and the sophisticated people to do some of this analytics we'll serve it up or uh, or we're working together if they're running lean and, you know, they need guidance on, on where to go look and we're helping with that. So that's that's definitely on the roadmap and something that kind of ties back into both of these Internet, connecting these devices, Internet of Things. And as I said, I think Power BI is going to is going to dominate uh, in time in manufacturing. So we want we want to be working uh, with those kind of two two pieces together. Yeah, absolutely. And I also would tie some of those analytics back to. ROI discussions on some of these products and pieces of equipment too, right? I mean, you're you're only really getting the value of this stuff if, if you're actually out there and using it. So, you know, we, we've joked before about how people might spend a good amount of money on a, a label verification system and then it gets turned off if there's, you know, if it's rejecting things and people don't like that and then they come back later and find, oh my gosh, it's been off for a couple of weeks, right? Well, even just simple data like that, like knowing that my machine is up and it's running and how many rejects it actually has and things like that can be really valuable in understanding like, yes, I am getting the most out of this this project that I did put in this time and effort to, to make sure it got into my plant, right? Absolutely. So Dave, one of the things that we kind of like to do, and you'll get a chance to do this next, is to have um, one of our guests ask a question for whoever our next guest might be. So before you kind of set something up for uh, our, our next uh, person who's going to be on this podcast, the one that I have from a previous guest is around what does industry 4.3 look like? And by 4.3, that was a little joke we were having with, with Mike from Seek, right? We were talking about how industry 4.0 kind of seemed to mean a certain thing pre-COVID, right? And before the mm -hmm. pandemic, then during COVID, there was kind of a shift, right? It was really kind of more towards remote workers and connected work and things like that and kind of try to, trying to accommodate for the fact that it was so much harder to get on site. Now, as 
fingers crossed, knock on wood, we're coming out of the pandemic a little bit more. Does that introduce another shift to Industry 4.0? And what kind of technologies or principles do you think are really going to get some more traction um, in, in the near future? Yeah, good question. The the before time, I remember the before times when uh, <laughs> before COVID and all that. And, and yeah, it's a different world now. Uh, I, I have a two-faced answer, I guess, to the question. So I think coming out of COVID seems to be staying that there's labor shortages. There's a lot of people who want to work from home now, and, and that's not conducive to manufacturing plant. Even if you're a salaried individual, you need to be in the plant. Uh, some You should be there every day, really, to know what's going on and, and stay close to the product. And the operators and the lines but i think so i think there's going to be continued labor shortage and labor challenges at manufacturers and i think that's going to drive more things like well more robots uh, more robots more cobots and in warehousing uh, more robots more cobots more scanning more machine vision more um, more ways of addressing labor shortage and then now, the counterpoint to that is what we're seeing in the supply chain. So right now, there's six-month lead times on automation components that were stock before. And, and so how many manufacturers are going to really want to inject all this technology automation into their supply chain when, or sorry, into their manufacturing process when it's a question mark on can I buy it and when can I start that project actually? It's a question mark on what if it breaks? How fast am I going to get spares? How many spares do I need to store now that there's no supply chain? And and so it's tough. So I am I'm, I'm honestly I think those two forces are gonna fight each other and then yeah, and then we're gonna kind of see where that goes and hopefully supply chain's better. Uh but yeah, there there I would be it's a it's a bit of a pickle for manufacturers right now because of those two forces no you're totally right that force around i need more automation if i don't have the workers that are coming into the plant but it's hard to get that automation because earlier in the supply chain they had the same problems and they couldn't make the equipment that i need to automate right so yeah, yeah. you're right that'll definitely be be interesting to to watch for sure yeah. Um, so, so last question, you know, what do you want to pay forward a little bit? What do you want to hear answered in a future podcast around industry 4.0? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, lots of talk of industry 4.0. My, my question would be, what's a, What's a concrete thing that's being done with industry 4.0 to help, help operators. And what's, what's, what's the best example of that? So something, not something that's just for boardroom and finance and, and, you know, better, better, better material planning or better costing or just faster to change product kind of product cycle or introduce new products. But how, how are you helping an operator run a machine um, that I'd be interested to hear how Industry 4.0 is doing that? Yeah, I, I totally see where you uh, got to that answer, Dave. I think that you are kind of more in touch with that boots on the ground, like kind of what's affecting people every day, you know, side of the, the business and uh, developing systems that operators are getting their hands on every day. And so much of Industry 4.0 is focused on that kind of big sale at the enterprise level and focusing on those stakeholders. But there's a lot of change that can be driven down on the shop floor with those boots on the ground. So, yeah, I, I am happy to take that question forward and, and bring it to the next person. So, so thanks for bringing that up. Um, 
And yeah, that was a, a great session for today. So uh, thanks a lot for, for being able to come onto the podcast, Dave, um, and joining me for the Industry 4.0 podcast with Grantech. Uh, I hope all of our listeners enjoyed uh, your really great insights. And uh, yeah, it's great to get someone from the team uh, out here talking as well. So uh, really, thanks again. Thanks again for joining. Thank you, Sam. Great. So thanks, everybody, for for listening to another episode of the podcast. As always, we would love to hear from you. So follow Grant Tech on LinkedIn to stay up to date with everything that we're doing. Subscribe to the Industry 4.0 podcast with Grant Tech wherever you get your podcasts. Email any questions, feedback, or your thoughts in general on Industry 4.0 to info at grantech.com. And join us next time on the Industry 4.0 podcast with Grant Tech.